You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind-the-scenes juice on Claire's upcoming season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 186. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Got a good show for you this week. We're going to step away for at least a week uh, in regards to talking about the race relations and what's going on in this country. Um, I think we're going to get back on that next week. I'm waiting to hear back from a guest. Uh, But this week's guest, um, you remember her from a couple seasons. Uh, She was on Nick's season of The Bachelor, not very long. And then, uh, but had a but had a major storyline um, in Bachelor in Paradise. She actually made it to the end of Bachelor in Paradise, and then things got a little weird. So uh, we'll be catching up with Lacey Mark uh, in today's episode. I do want to talk about a few things before we get started. Number one, you heard me mention this on Sunday night, and I've been mentioning it for weeks now. I've been on and off with KN95 masks that I have available. Uh, that my dad, uh, through his business, as available. Right now, here's the deal. We sold out of our first shipment. Um, somebody has just reordered 5,000 alone. Uh, that's great. Thank you very much. Um, but we do have other masks available. So here's the deal right now. They are currently in China. It will be three weeks from the time you place an order to the time you receive them. We're looking at three weeks. They are KN95 masks a hundred piece is the minimum order, and any order up to five hundred pieces, it's four dollars per mask. Any order over five hundred masks is three seventy five. If you are interested, let me know. Just email me at steve at realitysteve dot com, and I will lead you in the right direction. But those are the statistics. They are KN ninety five masks. They are certified, and um, like I said, it's a hundred piece minimum. Any order between 100 and 500 masks, the price is $4 a mask. Anything over 500 is 375 a mask. So uh, let me know if you're interested, and I can lead you in the right direction there. As for what's going on uh, in Bachelor world this week, as we know, the Bachelor greatest of all time started on Monday night with Sean's season. A fun trip down memory lane. Interesting to watch it back seven, eight years later, whenever it was. I think his season uh, filmed in 11 and aired in 2012. But, you know, seeing it all pieced together and the way they did it, we can see how these shows are going to go. I can tell you that this might be the lowest rated thing this franchise has ever put out because Listen to Your Heart was the lowest rated thing this franchise ever put out. And Sean's episode, I know it was only one, but we've seen the way this goes. It's not like all of a sudden it's going to double its audience. We know what this show is, and it drew putrid ratings. 2.4 million viewers and a .4 rating when Listen to Your Heart averaged 2.8 million and a .6 rating for all six episodes. So, you know, Caitlin's is next week. Ben Higgins is after that. They haven't officially said who all 10 seasons are, but... This show is not doing probably what they expected it. Uh, I know it's only been one episode, very small sample size, but I I know the way this goes. It's not all of a sudden, you know, Sean gets a 2.4 million viewers and Caitlin's going to get 5 million. It's just not going to work that way. We, I don't care who people like or don't like. 
TV shows just don't escalate and double their audience from one episode to the next. So, um, so while it might be a little nostalgic, I just I think I said this when and Ashley and I on our Sunday night Instagram live show. I think I said this weeks back. I don't understand the point of this. I don't know why people. I get you want to maybe catch fans up on older seasons, but everybody's got a podcast. Everybody has an Instagram account. You you don't really need an update from these people that they chose to do because you can follow them on their Instagram. Like, look, I I, I get why they wanted to talk to Sarah Heron and Ashley Frazier and Lindsay from Sean's season, but these people are on social media. You don't need a television show to find out what they're up to or see what they look like now or whatever. Um, it just, I don't think this is going to do well at all. And the fact that it does did worse than listen to your heart with people that, you know, Sean, arguably the most beloved bachelor in this show's history, the golden boy. And to draw 2.4 million viewers and a 0.4 rating over the course of three hours. I mean, it's just not great. We'll see. Um, we'll, we'll see in the future weeks, but I don't expect it to be much more. I don't, I don't expect if he's drawn 2.4, I don't expect any episode to draw more than three. I'd be shocked if an, if an episode drew more than 3 million viewers. Um, the big news this week was Rachel and Becca's podcast came out Tuesday. Ashley and I had talked Sunday night. Maybe we'd go live Tuesday night, but if you listened to Becca and Rachel's podcast this Tuesday, where they addressed Garrett's blue lives matter post, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. I, I didn't think there was much we could add. We'll talk about it this Sunday, but there's nothing that we needed to jump on Tuesday night and immediately address. Rachel read Becca the riot act, basically. I mean, she really did not let up and laid into her. And I don't know. I, you're gonna, I, you're gonna want answers, or what do you think is gonna happen with Becca and Garrett and? You know, she clearly defended him on Tuesday. Even afterwards, she put up an Instagram post saying it wasn't her best day and she didn't know what to say. And she even felt that she didn't defend him enough when I that was the complete opposite of what I heard. She defended him enough. I think Becca is really stuck between a rock and a hard place right now because it's her fiance. If she goes on there and rips Garrett up and down, he'd be like, what? What the hell was that? And then if she says nothing and totally defends him, she gets what Rachel did, uh, which Rachel should have done. And we knew Rachel would do. So it's really hard to understand what Becca can do at this point. Um, everyone's like, is she going to break up with them and, and whatever? I don't know. I do know they have some tough conversations coming. And I think one thing to keep in mind is when you have – moved your life to San Diego, bought a house with Garrett, bought a dog with Garrett, started over. Uh, didn't she start either a furniture line or a clothing line too? Um, yes, Garrett, I think, is a big, dumb idiot. Um, I don't think he's very bright. Uh, I thought that on his on her season. But she definitely was into Garrett from night one and never let that go. I don't know if she had rose-colored glasses on all season because, remember, first night she told him, he reminded her of her dad, and that was a running theme throughout the season, and it's like no one else had a chance. And I don't know if maybe she just didn't want to realize things about Garrett. The bottom line is I don't know what's going to become of their relationship, but everyone that's like, oh, she needs to leave him right away. I mean, 
maybe she's thinking about it. I would hope that she would at least be thinking of, wow, maybe is this isn't the guy I want to marry. Maybe this isn't the guy that I want to have kids with. I have no idea if she's thinking that. Um, it should probably cross her mind considering some of the things that he has done on social media and the way his mind works. But to say that she's going to leave him tomorrow, I mean, there's a lot that would go into Becca ending it with Garrett. She has to think ahead of where am I going to live? Am I going to stay in San Diego? I'm going to move back to Minnesota. Where am I? What place am I going to get? Who's going to get the dog? This is a woman that probably before Garrett opened up his mouth with the, with the Blue Lives Matter post is thinking that this is the man I'm going to marry. We're eventually going to get married and have kids. And then to just all of a sudden have your life just be like, wait, I'm not going to do that. Then, you know, just the thought of, oh, God, now i got to get out in the dating world again. Here I am, 30, 31, which is plenty of time. But, you know, you know the way women think. You get in a relationship, you get in a comfortability, comfortability level. I don't know what she's going to do. I think she should look long and hard about whether or not this is the man she really wants to marry. Um, that's the thing I, I, I took most out of it because I think they have some major, major fundamental differences in just their belief systems. Has nothing to do with Republican versus Democrat. This is a belief system thing between those two. And Garrett has shown who he is. I don't think Beck is a bad person at all. I don't think she's handling this right. I also don't think she knows what to do. Um, I think she needs to think more before she starts a podcast. I don't think she had any notes written down. It seemed like she knew Rachel would come after her, and she combated Rachel with nothing. And... Um, that probably wasn't too great on her end. But I also don't think she's nearly as bad as Garrett. Uh, I think that she just really doesn't know how to handle this because everyone is coming down on her fiancé, and what do you do? He made a mistake, and uh, again, on social media, but he's also her fiancé. I, I wouldn't want to be her right now is basically what I'm trying to say. Um, I, it looks like Nick is going to have Becca and Garrett on his podcast, either coming up or I don't know when Nick, Nick seems to have 14 podcasts going. So I don't know when and where Becca and Garrett are going to be on his podcast, but he popped into Sunday nights this past Sunday night show, my live with Ashley and put it in there that Becca and Garrett are going to be on. Rachel also popped in and then, and then the people were telling us that Chris Evans, Captain America, the actor was in our I don't know what Chris Evans was doing in Ashley and I's live on Sunday night. I have no idea. That's the funniest thing in the world to me. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I don't, I try not to look at the comments during the live because it really screws with me and it really, uh, just, it really screws with me because then you're not paying attention to what the other person is saying. And, um, so I, I try not to look at the uh, comments. You know, you glance down here and there, but to sit there every time Ashley is talking, am I sitting there just looking at the comments? No, absolutely not. So, yeah, so that that's uh, that's the deal with that. And then, of course, like I said, um, as I've promoted earlier this week, I'm sure you've seen the petition going around uh, from Batch Diversity's Instagram account. That's B-A-C-H, Diversity. Uh, they have a petition going around uh, for... Not only just to have a a black bachelor, it's time. You know, we've had forty seasons. We've had one lead that's been black. That was Rachel. And not only is it time, and we've never had a black bachelor in twenty four seasons. 
And he said, not only is it time, but they, they, they implemented 13 steps that they think ABC should take. And Ashley and I talked about it Sunday. I still cannot believe that no one from this franchise has released a statement, whether it has to do with Hannah Brown, whether it has to do with Black Lives Matter, whether it has to do with the protests, whether it has to do with George Floyd. I, I mean, every company in the world is releasing statements about you know police brutality and this isn't right and Black Lives Matter and ABC, a show that has literally been giving us white people uh, for 40 seasons, hasn't said a word yet. Um, I don't know what they're waiting for, but they – and then as I, as I said Sunday night, I don't see how there's any way this show doesn't have a Black Bachelor next season. Um, they have to. Okay, Mia, can you imagine the buildup after all this? A petition's going around that, as I speak, has over 80,000 signatures on it, and you can sign it too by going to Batch Diversity uh, on Instagram and uh, click on the link, sign the petition. But my gosh, can you imagine the buildup? And then whenever they make their Bachelor announcement, it's like, hey, here's, you know, Vanilla White Dude again, number 25. The, the show will probably get taken off the air. Like, I don't even care if it's catering to pressure. They shouldn't care if it's catering to pressure or if it looks like they're catering to pressure. They need to put a black bachelor on the show. It period end of story. They have no chance. They have no choice uh, but to do that right now. And um, there are candidates out there. Are there a ton from the franchise you can pull from? No, there's not. But maybe they'll go for the first time in 27 seasons. Have their lead be someone from outside the franchise, but maybe well known enough to where people actually know him. Um, yeah, we just don't know, uh, but I, I'd be stunned as, as, as white as this franchise is and as tone deaf as this franchise is, and frankly, as racist as this franchise is in this day and age and the climate that we're in right now, if they, I, I, I can, I still can't see them not casting a black bachelor next season. I, I'd be stunned. And, um, the, the amount of shit that they would get would be un, unheard of anyway, uh, just wanted to get that. Uh, let's um, let's begin. Uh, we got, like I said, we're talking Bachelor this week uh, with podcast number one eighty six. Okay, let's bring her in. You saw her first on Nick's season of The Bachelor, which was season twenty one, and then she went on season four of Bachelor in Paradise. Haven't had her on the podcast before. Funny story about how we even ended up on this one. Um, it's Lacey Mark. Lacey, how are you? Hey, Steve, how are you? I'm good. Uh, you know, what was it, two years ago I asked you to come on the podcast? It was kind of right after Paradise ended or shortly thereafter, maybe a month or two after it ended, and I had asked you, hey, do you want to come on the podcast? And you were like, no, I don't think anyone wants to hear from me or something, <laughs> something along those lines. Or, I'm not important enough or something like something like that. And I was like, yeah. well, I'd still want to have you on. I mean, you were you were just on a season that – you made it to the end of paradise, but you were just like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I respect that because most people want to come on and tell their side immediately when there's so much stuff that we don't see. And obviously you and Daniel's relationship was a sticking point on bachelor in paradise that season. Um, but glad we have you on, uh, now and, uh, we can talk about this. We're years removed from it. So there's no contract involved uh, <laughs> i can tell you anything that you probably already know steve <laughs> i mean i've heard things but you know again when i hear things depending on where i hear it from or what side i'm hearing it from i don't know what to believe sometimes and now just right. going directly to the source it'll be it'll be interesting to hear but uh first off you 
we first saw you, like I said, on Nick's season, season 21 of The Bachelor, and mm-hmm. you didn't have much of a run on that on that season. You you know, you lasted two episodes. You, uh, your, <laughs> However, your limo entrance was very memorable. You came in on a camel and made a sex joke. So tell everyone about that again. Well, obviously a producer idea. Yeah. I think that was evident to anybody who's a fan of the show. <laughs> um, I mean, with that, they, they really let you kind of create your own journey with that. They sit down and they talk to you about how you want to do your entrance. You are allowed to plan it yourself and they will do their best to get you whatever they want, whatever you are asking for. I told them I didn't want to do anything. I said, I just want to get out of the limo and introduce myself and call it a day. I'm sure they knew in their head that like they only had me slated for an episode or two. So they needed more out of me if I had to guess. Um, so they approached me with this idea. Um, I think it started out as a joke. They were trying to see if they could like actually get a camel in 24 hours notice <laughs> with all the right permits and stuff. Uh, turns out they could. Uh, so they had this camel and they're like, we have this idea. Tell us what you think. And I, I thought it was hysterical. I was like, yeah, why not? If I'm doing this, I might as well do it. Um, and it turned into this whole thing because they they keep track of what everyone's wearing on the first night, I guess, to avoid repetition for whatever the reasons are. So I had planned on being in this like very, very long black fishtail gown. Um, and they had me do some practice runs with the camel first. And I couldn't get on and off the camel in that black gown. So I had to change it to a shorter dress um. because the bottom of my dress kept getting caught. So I ended up switching into a red dress, which I'm sure they already knew everybody was going to be in a red dress that night. So I ended up a part of that crowd. <laughs> um, but I know it's like we walked in. We're like, like did they know everybody was going to be in red? Obviously, they knew everybody could be in red. Um, but yeah, so not my idea, but an idea that I, that I thought it was funny enough. <laughs> what, 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 what was the joke again that you told him when you got off the camel? It it was kind of a dig at him for like sleeping around in Bachelor World. So it was, um, I heard you like a good hump, so do I, as I'm sitting on a camel hump. Ah, gotcha. All right. So more, more of like the dad joke world <laughs> of the sexual joke realm. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. Uh, actually, I should probably back up for a second when I talk about Nick, because Nick was a surprise. Um, you clearly had a couple weeks from the time Nick was announced as The Bachelor till the time you went out for filming. Did you ever think, first off, did you want Nick as the bachelor. I, I'm sure you were surprised when he was announced, but once you found out was it was him, did you have second thoughts about, well, I don't know. I, I, I wanted who, who season were we coming off of when they announced Nick? Um, uh, who, who, jo- uh, Jojo. Jojo. So were you thinking it was mm-hmm. going to be Luke Pell and maybe it was something like that or Robbie Hayes or something? Were you thinking well, so maybe it was one of them? Been, yeah. They had been like slipping us little nuggets that it was going to be either Robbie or Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fine with either. I, honestly, here's the thing. I had only ever watched Ben Higgins season and Jojo season before I was on the show. I wasn't like a huge bachelor fan. So I wasn't that familiar kind of with how this all works because even in like watching those seasons, like I didn't, I wasn't involved in like following everyone on Twitter. I didn't even have Twitter at that point and keeping track of like bachelor nation and all these personalities. Like to me, I didn't, understand the magnitude of what it was about to do so i was like if it's robbie cool if it's luke cool if they don't like me that's also fine you know i'm doing this kind of just because i can i didn't really expect to come out of it engaged so like kind of whatever happens happens and then they told us um actually they only told us one day before they announced 
that it was Nick. Um, and in my head, I wasn't that familiar with him because I hadn't watched any of his seasons. But in my head, I was like, wow, he's done this a few times. So he's obviously really serious, wants to get married and find his person. And he must really know what he wants because he's older and he's like been around the block a few times. Not not realizing that that's not the case. <laughs> um, are you where were you at in your life at that point? Had you just been um, dating and just couldn't get anything serious? Were you fresh out of a relationship? Where were you? Because a lot of people say, you know, especially you who lives in New York. I mean, I've heard the stories that it's so hard to date in New York. Were you one of those people who just felt that at the time? And you're like, I just want to try something different. Or had you just been broken up with or you broke up with somebody? Where were you at? Um, a fun fact of the day, Steve, I've never broken up with anyone. Everyone's always broken up with me. Oh, um, okay. I, I know I'm like the secret psycho chick. Um, but I, um, yes, yes. Dating in New York is almost impossible. Um, there's just so many more women than men in that city. So men know that they can kind of do whatever they want because they'll just have their pick of the litter. It's, it's complicated. Mm. Um, but that's not why I ended up doing this. Um, I went on the show when I was 20, like 25, 26, I had applied a few years before, um, as a joke to piss off my ex and, um, it didn't work. He didn't get pissed off. He just thought it was really, really funny. Um, and they kept me, I guess they just kept me on file and they called me a few years later and they're like, are you still single and interested? I was like, the irony is, well, I wasn't single when I applied, but you know, that was two years ago. So let's talk. Um, and I was, I was working, I had the big corporate job in New York city. I was working in the world trade center. Um, and the company I was working for was actually going out of business at the same time I would have had to have left for filming. So I was like, this is kind of perfect. I'm going to be out of a job anyway. I might as well just kind of go on this adventure and see what happens. And that's really what led me there. Not the thought of, you know, marrying Nick. Yeah. (laughs) So when you get in there on the first night, you do your thing, cocktail party starts, you're surveying the room as any woman would do, any contestant on the show, obviously the first night, there's probably an intimidation factor. You're looking at everybody. Did anybody stand out to you the first night where you immediately thought they're going far just based off of either conversation with them or the way they looked, whatever the case may be. Danielle Lombard, Danielle L. Um, and Daniel M, actually, both of them. Daniel L, um, I met early on into that cocktail party. And first of all, I was speechless at how beautiful she was. Yeah. I was literally just, I have like that scene, that scene in that Jennifer Love Hewitt movie where she walks into the party and the room just like stops. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what it was like. She just walked in and I was like, oh my God. And then I got to talking to her and she was actually nice. I'm like, wait, you're pretty and you're nice. <laughs> that's possible. <laughs> so I was like, that's definitely one person that stood out. And I had, I kind of had the same feeling about Daniel M as well. Um, just a really good person who was more interested in treating people with respect and less interested in, you know, just being a personality in this world. But that being said, when I walked in, I was terrified. I am a very regular Jewish girl who grew up in a New Jersey suburb, like I went to Syracuse for college. I moved to New York City right after I started working immediately. I've been working my whole life just trying to pay my bills and pay my rent in the big city. So to me, I walked in and I'm in this room full of like models. You know, there was Whitney Fransway, who's just like tall and gorgeous. And I'm standing there. I'm like, I don't really think I fit in, um, aesthetically at least. And then I got to talking to some of these girls and I'm like, 
we're, we're just so different. You know, I read Lord of the Rings for fun on a Friday night and I stay in. I'm just like not <laughs> built from this from this mold. So it was really, really intimidating for me. So I, I think the fact that I didn't last long was a, a blessing in disguise because I don't know how that would have turned out for me. Yeah, and for those who don't remember, you lasted until the second episode, which second episode is the first dates of the season. You were on the first group date of the season, the memorable one, where it was a photo shoot and Corinne took her top off in the pool with Nick. Were you at that point <laughs> were you at that point just like, holy shit, what am I got myself into? What is going on here? Like really? The first time she's alone with well, not even alone with him, because you guys were all sitting there, but the first time this woman gets on camera, she's taking her top off. Like, what did I get myself into? You know, Corinne was never coy about who she was. Um, she never really kept her cards too close to her. She, we were really able to tell the type of person she was upon meeting her right away. Um, so I don't think anyone was surprised in that aspect. I think we were just surprised that, like, we kind of thought maybe she would talk about doing something like this, but not actually do it. And then she actually did it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like a little, a little weird in that sense. But for me, this it was really my just first taste of bachelor production, to be honest. I had, um, in a conversation with a producer and an ITM that it didn't air, but, um, I had told them that, um, you know, I'm always the bridesmaid and never the bride. And then I conveniently ended up on a bridal date where I was a bridesmaid. Yeah. For Daniel L. I was Daniel Lombard's bridesmaid for the record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I walk I walked in there and I'm like, You you sons of bitches. <laughs> That's right, because it was brides and bridesmaids was the was the shoot. I remember that. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, look <laughs> it, did, it, <laughs> it it didn't really seem like you were cut out for that show. I mean, did you think going into that second row ceremony, maybe I have a chance to last past this one? Or did you get the vibe that I'm going home tonight? The only reason I didn't think I was going home was because um, when we were in between parts of the date, so when we were going from the photo shoot to the uh, cocktail party that was on a rooftop later that night, mm-hmm. um, we had to walk off of um, off of set. We were filming in this mansion, and we were filming in the backyard, and we had to walk back into the house and kind of shut everything down. So we're all walking. There's no cameras. We've been demiked at this point, and Nick is with us. Um, and he and I just got to chatting, like like shooting the shit, like casual, just chit chat as if we were like buddies. Um, like he was telling me about some things that he was experiencing on Andy's season, and I was like kind of making fun of him for it because I'm a little bit of a New York sarcastic asshole. Yeah. Um, but it but it was like witty, just fun banter. And it, I mean, it only lasted like the distance of us walking from that yard into that house. But um, we had got some alone time again late in the later part of the date on that rooftop. Um, we had kissed twice that day. I didn't think I was going home. I did think I was going to get a rose that night. That being said, had I gotten a rose that night, I was pretty sure I would have gone home the following rose ceremony after that. So you did kiss him twice on that date? Yes. I kissed him at the altar <laughs> and, uh-huh. again, and again on the rooftop. I've, I don't remember if the second one aired. Oh, okay. It's very possible because obviously with that many people on the date, they only show maybe three or four getting their alone time, even though at some point during the night, probably all of you got some alone time with him on the cocktail party after party. Right. Right. And then again, I was hanging out with him off camera. So what were they going to do with that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough, but you basically say, 
I don't, you know, you didn't get a rose. Were you, I don't know, what were your feelings? Were you sad, bummed, relieved? I didn't have any, which is why they didn't air my exit interview. (laughs) I didn't cry. I wasn't happy. I was kind of just like, you know what? I tried something new. And this is where the journey led me. And if this is where it ends, this is where it ends. It's fine. You know what? I knew I wasn't going to, Nick wasn't, you know, the one for me. I wasn't going to marry him. So I didn't really feel any kind of way about it. And they were really trying to coax tears out of me. They're like, but aren't you upset? Maybe he could have been your person if you got to spend more time with him and you got to know him. I'm like, yeah, like shoulda, coulda, woulda. But at this point, there's no point in dwelling on that because I got sent home. So can I just go home? Can I just go back to New York now? Like I didn't, I didn't really care either way. All right, let's talk about Magic Spoon. You know, growing up, I ate cereal every night before bed. The problem was, it was always the sugary cereals and ones that you shouldn't have eaten. I've been trying to cut down on my carbs and sugar and unhealthy food lately. Hasn't been easy, but I've been doing it, and with the help of Magic Spoon, it's got zero sugar, twelve grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. There's four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. I love them all. Cocoa and frosted are probably my favorites. It tastes amazing. Honestly, really, you've tasted the chocolate cereals before. This matches up with it. I'm telling you. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Go to magicspoon.com steve to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code Steve at checkout to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash Steve, and use the code Steve for free shipping. We really appreciate Magic Spoon for sponsoring this podcast. Let's now talk about Bachelor in Paradise, because that's where things kind of heated up for you, to say the least. And you had quite a journey on Bachelor in Paradise. (laughs) I think so. Um, uh, All right. So first off, on Bachelor in Paradise Season 4, you went in and you filmed for a day, but you had a death in the family. Your grandfather passed away, so you had to leave after filming. So here's what I want to ask you just to start off. Were you around? What can you tell us what you knew or what you saw about the Corinne DeMario incident? So I was there on the first day of filming. So, I mean, the first day is always a mess. Everybody's blacked out. Everybody's kind of just acclimating to the new environment. Um, I mean, I was making out with Iggy. Everyone was making out with everyone. That was kind of how you shook hands on the first day. It was like, hey, nice to meet you. Uh, It's like literally how it went down. Um, So I did not see Corinne and Demario together, but I did see like, Corinne with everybody else so like I saw her make out with like three or like two or three other guys but I did not see her with DeMario unfortunately I was kind of just in my own world um like chatting with everybody I was like Nick B and I were very close friends and I didn't know he was doing paradise because he didn't tell me so I was really excited to see him on the beach so like we were hanging out like I wasn't I just really wasn't paying attention Mm. so I didn't really see anything I didn't even know about all this until I was already home for my grandpa's funeral and um, you know, producers weren't telling me what was going on, but eventually everybody got sent home and um, Derek called me just to like check in and see how I was doing. And he asked what I knew. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? What do I know? He's like, do you not know what's going on? I'm like, no, 
like production didn't really tell me much. They just told me that they're not filming, but they didn't tell me why. And like Derek kind of filled me enough like, oh, so that's what they didn't end up like including me on any of those specials or anything. Like I didn't see anything um, as it related to Demario specifically. But like I, I did see her with other people. So before the shutdown happened, when you left because of a grandfather's death, what did they tell you the plan was for you? They were like, hey, take as much time as you need. We definitely want to bring you back. Or when you left, there was a chance you weren't coming back on this season just because they didn't know. Um, no, at that point, I don't think anything had happened yet because they had told me that they were saving my spot for me. Should oh, so, so I feel I want to you. come back? Okay. Yeah. They're like, take as much time as you want. If you want to come back, whenever that is at any point, like we're saving your spot for, for you. We're not going to pressure you. Like you tell us when you're ready. Um, so they were actually like, I, I have to give production a lot of credit there. They, um, they were really, really great. Uh, my sister got in touch with Elon um, like very early that morning. So I was up getting ready, like getting my, putting my makeup on the whole thing. And I was about to walk into the kitchen to like start the day of filming. And Elon pulled me off set. Um, and they don't pull you off set. If you get pulled off set, something is desperately wrong. They don't, they want all the footage they can get. So, um, he pulled me off set. He's like, I just got a phone call from your sister. And I cut him off. At that point, I knew. My grandpa passed away. He was very old. He passed away in 98. He lived a very, very full life. Um, so I knew if they were getting a call from my family. Like, I, I just knew. I cut him off. I was like, did my grandpa pass away? And he was like, yes. And he gave me a cell phone. I got to call home. Um, after I spoke to my family, he was like, what do you want to do? Like, this is totally up to you. Do you want to leave? Do you want to stay? Do you want to, you know, go back to the hotel, calm down, and then we'll get you on a flight tomorrow? Like, tell, tell us how you're feeling. And I was like, I want to be on the first flight to Queens. Um, and his, he was like, we knew you'd say that. We already booked, like, we booked a flight for you. Like, get go get changed, pack a bag, um, leave your stuff here because we want you to come back and, like, pack enough things that you think you'll need for however long you'll be gone. Uh, we'll send you to Queens. We'll fly you back when you're ready. Um, and the shutdown happened when I was already home. During the shutdown, did you, obviously, you, you kept in touch with cast. Did you ever... Mm -hmm talk to anyone to set up, Hey, when we go back, would you be interested in, you know, if you get a date card asking me out or I'll ask you out, did anything happen during the shutdown with you and any of the other guys? Uh, no, because I had already been with Daniel for some time at that point. Um, so, um, that was going to be my next question. That was going to be my next question because I, I had heard stuff and I don't think I reported it at the time because, it was just word of mouth and I just didn't have enough proof, but I had heard that before paradise started, you and Daniel were already hooking up. Is that correct? Yeah. I, I struggle to label it, but yes. Okay. So, uh, here's kind of how it went down. So I got back from filming next season, obviously very quickly. I was back, you know, you know, when they you start filming, I was home by the end of September. End of September. Yeah. Um, so October was Vinny's birthday party in New York. Um, at that point, the cast was already out. So he had gotten in touch with me and said, Hey, um, like I'm having a birthday party, um, on the Upper East Side in New York. If you want to come, like Izzy's coming, like I can introduce you to some people like in bachelor world. Like you're probably going to be spending some time with us in the future. If you want to get to know us, get to know us now. And I thought it was a great idea. Um, so I went to his birthday party and that's where I met Daniel for the first time. Um, we spent the whole night hanging out at the bar. Um, we made out 
that night. Yeah. <laughs> but like that was it. We had, that's like where it ended. Like we made out at that bar, and then he went back to Vancouver. We kept in touch, um, very regularly since then. But then I started seeing someone, so I kind of said to him like, "Listen, like just let's just keep this friendly. Like as long as you're not." as long as you understand that I'm seeing someone, I'm happy to keep in touch, but like, let's just keep it on a friendship level. And he was totally, totally cool with it. Um, and then that person and I broke up and Daniel and I just kind of picked up where we left off. Um, so we started talking about like planning visits back and forth and what a serious relationship would look like if we continued dating. Paradise was not on the table yet. Um, this was all before that. Mm -hmm. um, production knew that we were talking about like seriously dating. Um, so that's when they approached me first for Paradise. They asked me who I would want to see on Paradise. And I was like, well, you already know that I have a thing going with Daniel. So I'm obviously going to say Daniel. And you obviously already know that because you guys do your homework. Um, so that's kind of how we ended up on the same season together in the proper timeline. Okay. Yeah. Cause you were first, you were a first day dayer on, on season four. You were, in the yeah. original cast or OG, whatever you want to call them, original cast, <laughs> first dayer. Daniel came on, I believe, in week two uh, to your season, and mm -hmm. then. But there was stuff going on with you and other people on the island, right? Or am I not remembering? Correctly? No, you're you're correct. So I had like kissed Iggy and I had kissed the first day, but I think that was more just like drunken fun. We weren't like into each other. Hmm. Um. And then I ended up going on a date with Diggy, but like I mean, we all kind of do you, you only know, do you only like others. guys with Iggy in their name? Is that is that something <laughs> I'm learning about you? It, it was a phase. I'm Ig over Iggy it. and Diggy. Jeez. Oh, all right. Uh, I know. I know. Everybody said the same thing. <laughs> so okay, so you went on a date with Diggy. At what? So it was. I'm assuming he showed up on the island with a date card, and he asked you. That's how you on. No. So they they gave me the date. card. Card. So oh. I think uh, this is, and this is where production kind of started to mess with me. Is um, they gave me the date card before Daniel was there. Oh, so okay. I was like, I was like, I'm not really sure how to go about this, but I obviously want to invite someone that I would have a good time with. I also knew that Diggy was interested in Dominique, and that Dominique hadn't shown up yet. So I was like, this is kind of a good idea for both of us in that like we can go on this date there's no strings attached because we both know that we're waiting for someone else um and we can just have fun and enjoy each other's company so that's kind of exactly what we did and then you know producers be producing uh they sent dominique in that night <laughs> and it just like it was all a mess at that point so i was like okay well now i'm not gonna get diggy's rose and daniel's not here yet so i kind of got screwed and then they and then they sent daniel in in the 11th hour that's right he came in really late like at the wasn't it the cocktail party before that rose ceremony is when they brought him in which is kind yeah. of unusual for that show they usually bring people in during the day so they can come in with their card and go on a date exactly and then daniel came in and i remember there was that one conversation it was kind of an awkward conversation on the on the day bed down by the beach of you and Daniel. and So I can explain why that was so awkward. <laughs> yeah. So I had been talking with one of the producers and I was like, because obviously I had been there already for quite some time before Daniel got there. And I was very open about our relationship in my ITM. So it was very clear that Daniel and I were already a thing that and everybody already knew everything. Daniel didn't know that. The producers didn't tell him that I did that. So he came onto the beach like, pretending he didn't know me because he thought he was supposed to. Oh, 
Gotcha. He didn't know that I had already made our relationship public. So he was operating under the guise that like, oh, well, you know, the public thinks that we all meet for the first time on this beach, which is not true. Yeah. So that's kind of why that conversation ended up the way it ended up. And it was so painfully uncomfortable. The second we got off that bed, I was like, Daniel, I told him everything. And he was like, oh. <laughs> gotcha. All right, because that was a very awkward conversation. There's actually a clip of it online on YouTube if you Google it. Oh, oh my God, it's painful. I can't oh. even watch it. <laughs> it's so awkward. And then he, he even said something at the end about, hey, so what do you think of this weather? And you're like, you want to talk about the weather? I was like, you really want to talk about the fucking weather? <laughs> yeah. Um, because he didn't really know what to do. Um yeah. And I was kind of letting him steer the conversation, which I guess I shouldn't have done. I should have just, at that point, like they could have cut it out. I should have just said, Daniel, everybody already knows. Um, so from that, point fo- know. from that point forward, did you or him go on any other dates with other people? No. No, it was just you two. You guys he, were basically. He got a date card the next day, um, and he took me. Um, and there's actually a lot of great stuff from that date that didn't make the final cut because it didn't fit Daniel's edit. And I am not the type of person who will ever defend my ex-boyfriends because usually I have a type, my type is asshole. Um, so usually like usually my exes, like there's no need to defend them because they're usually doing terrible stuff. Um, there was a lot of really great conversation from that day that humanized Daniel a lot that did not get aired because it didn't fit this like big dumb Canadian edit that they were giving him. Um, like a little bit of credit where do, um, like he took care of his disabled father before he passed away forever. He's very, very close with his mom. He's him and his sister are really, really close. And those were the types of things that we were talking about on this date. And none of that got aired, which I find really sad because I think it would have, help the public relate to Daniel a little bit more that he does actually have this other side to him that nobody sees because he knows that the other side of him is really where the moneymaker is. So that's really the side that he delves into, but he, but he does have a side to him that is a quote normal, if you will. <laughs> and, and it's funny that you say that because you're right. We have never seen that in all the shows that he's been on, not necessarily even, you know, Jojo season, or I think it was Jojo season that he was on, right? Was it Jojo's? Yeah. Okay. Yep. He's the guy that got naked and jumped into the pool That's the first right. night. So Jojo season, <laughs> couple seasons of Paradise that he did. Then he went over to Australia and did Bachelor in Paradise out there. And then mm-hmm. he's been on Millionaire Matchmaker. I mean, he's he's made a career out of just going on reality TV shows and playing the same character on every single one. We've never seen any sort of serious side from this guy, which is if that's what he wants to play, there are definitely people in this franchise. He's not the only one that plays a character right. uh, in the shows that they appear on. So it's just that there isn't, when we see Daniel, apparently he doesn't care because his character comes across as, like you said, just a dumb Canadian with no depth whatsoever. And he doesn't seem mm-hmm. to, that doesn't seem to bother him. He likes just, you know, kind of just being weird and saying weird things and, he likes, he appreciates shock value. He likes, yeah. just likes to get a rise out of people. Yeah, for sure. And that's the way he's come across every time he's been on, on TV. I didn't watch, I haven't seen him in anything else other than JoJo season and Bachelor in Paradise. I never watched Millionaire Matchmaker. I never watched him when he went overseas and did Paradise Australia. I, I don't know anything that happened to him over there, but I'm guessing same thing. I'm sure he put on the same from, character. From what I saw, I, I didn't watch, but from what I saw on Twitter, he did play the same character and the Australian demographic really did not appreciate it. <laughs> um, he was, it, it did, it did not bode well for him, but um, 
like, I mean, this is, you know, you make your bed, you have to lie in it. This is kind of where he's made himself. Um, and it's where he built his, where he's built his career. I find it unfortunate because he does have some good qualities that nobody ever gets to see. You know, like when I was home from my grandpa's funeral, he was calling me every single day. How are you? How's your family? Like, how's it going? Like he, like he does, he, he's not completely soulless. Um, as a lot of this, as, as it makes him seem, I mean, he did do some pretty screwed up stuff to me towards the end, but, um, I think that just comes from being an immature male who wasn't ready to settle down in a relationship. I don't think it comes from this character that he was playing. So at that point, you there was only three couples that made it to the end, I think, that took the overnight dates. It was Taylor and Derek, mm-hmm. Raven and Adam, and you and Daniel. Did anyone take the overnights as well and then break up after, or was it just those three that you three were the only three that took the overnights? And they we're the only three that took them. Robbie and Amanda stayed together but didn't take the overnight date. That's right. Um, and, they, and then and they and broke then up everybody... shortly thereafter when Robbie did yeah, Robbie yeah. Hayes stuff. Yeah. When Ro- when Robbie was his most authentic self. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah, no, everyone everyone went their separate ways at that point. You know, Kristen and Jack Stone went their separate ways. Um, we were the only three that took the date. So your last date was that the wrestling date? Was that the the luchador wrestling date, or was that the date that you talked about? Yeah. When, when, okay, so that was you got to do that, and then you had your overnight, and that's where things kind of. If I remember correctly, really went south, and I didn't know if you knew. Like, that's where I wanted to talk to you about it because I didn't know if you knew in the moment, and now you can talk about it and say, "Yeah, this is what I, I this is." I totally understood what was happening, or whatever. But basically, ahead, you know, right ahead of your overnight date, you you tell Daniel you're falling for him, it's scaring you a little bit. He says that makes me feel good. He's starting to fall for you. Um, he even told you that when he left Bachelor in Paradise, he wanted to leave with you as a couple, saying that he was ready to be in a committed relationship, despite the fact that you were you know, in New York and he was in Canada. And he even told you, I don't want you going back to New York and dating anyone. We should definitely be in a relationship. So you guys have your overnight date, whatever happens. We can all draw, <laughs> we can all draw our own conclusions. But um, the next morning is when things totally went south right yeah <laughs> so explain to everybody what happened the next morning um because there's stuff there's stuff that when we're watching it in real time we didn't see but then at your right. re, at your reunion show chris harrison played a clip i mean i guess we could just say this chris harrison at the reunion show when you went to go to go back and film the reunion and they had you and daniel up on stage and you're talking about what happened to your relationship since filming ended Chris Harrison played a clip that was not shown when we were watching in real time where Daniel basically said, oh, no, basically like, oh, no, like when this is over, I'm I have no interest in being with her. This is. Yeah, I I can't remember the exact wording that he said. Maybe you remember, but um, it It was that that was the sentiment behind it. It was close enough. (laughs) Yeah. So when you okay, so when you wake up, when you wake up the next morning, first off, did you think because that was probably the morning of, you know, final decision day and, you know, both people walk to the altar and someone has to usually propose. Did you think he was proposing? Did you guys talk about a proposal? What was the talk that night of what you guys we were had going talked to do? about? We had talked about getting engaged before filming even started. <laughs> um, and, and this is information that I have kept very close. It's not information I have revealed in a ton of interviews. Um, but that's really why they wanted us on the show because we were talking like long-term 
where we were going to live, green cards, like the whole thing. And they knew we would be a success story. We had talked about getting engaged. We looked at engagement rings, the whole thing. Um, what happened was we had, okay, so we got to the overnight dates and that, that scene that everybody saw airs where I'm like, I'm falling for you. And he's like, I'm falling for you too, whatever. When he was telling me how he felt, because these are conversations that he and I had already had in private. And now we were just having them on camera. Mm-hmm. When he was telling me how he felt, it like women's intuition, I can't explain it. It just felt very rehearsed as if like it was written for him and he memorized it because we had already talked about it and he wasn't using the same words that he used the first time we talked about it. So I was like, something is not right here. Like in my head, I'm like, something is just wrong. So what happens is at when they're done filming you for the night in the fantasy suites, you actually do get your privacy. They break down the whole set. They take the cameras out. They take the mics out. Like you do get the room to yourself. So like, it was really, really late. We were exhausted. We were just laying in bed and I was like, I have to ask you something. And he was like, okay. I was like, please just like, tell me the truth. There's no cameras here. Like you, you, there's no implications. Like, please just be honest with me. And he's like, what I was like, did someone write that speech for you? And he said, yes. And I was like, okay. I was like, did you mean it? Or did you just memorize it and recite it? And he was basically like, I memorized it and I recited it. Um, like, I don't know what I want to happen after this. Like, I don't really know where I see everything going. Like, I'm just trying to be realistic. I'm like, well, we've already been doing this for a few months. So what changed, you know, from five months ago up until now? If anything, you know, we're in this, we're living in the same place right now. It should be, should be seamless. And they didn't really have an answer. Um, so then the next morning when they come in, they set, they put the set back up and then they start filming again, all the mics and whatever. And that's when all those scenes got filmed where it was like something was wrong and like we didn't know what it was because I never revealed what Daniel said and Daniel never revealed what he said because it would ruin everything that he spent the last, you know, six months building. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never said anything. Um, producers, I think, kind of knew and were trying to coax it out of me and I wouldn't say it. I wouldn't say like he was lying about his feelings for me because I think just because I didn't want to face it. Um, if we're being honest, like I was sitting there, like my whole world had kind of just been turned upside down. So I didn't say anything. Um, and that's why it ended up being really confusing for viewers because, because they were only getting half the story besides the fact that it gets edited down to a quarter of a story. So it got, it just, it completely blew up. Um, we got home, wait, we wait, finished wait. Film, we wrapped. Hang on a second. When you guys left the show on that final day. What was your, you obviously didn't get engaged. We know that. Did you leave mm. as a couple? We left as a, we're not sure what's going on. Okay. That's what it was. So when you got to the altar, you guys did the whole altar thing or, oh wait, no, no, no. This was a different we season. There That's was right. no altar. That's mm-hmm. right. This was a different season because this was the shutdown and everything was so weird. So the last thing we saw was Raven and Adam, Derek and Taylor and you and uh, Daniel the morning waking up the morning after overnight dates. That's the last we saw of you. And then they went into the reunion show, correct? Exactly. Yep. Okay, that's, that's exactly right. how it went down. That's right. And I was okay. so disappointed too, because be- like before I had had that conversation with Daniel, when we were just having our date, um, there was a hot tub in the suites. We were in swimsuits and we had um, like bathrobes on. And he was like, I have something for you in my pocket. And I was like, Oh my God, he's going to propose because like we had talked about it. Oh, and he pulled out a jar of maple fucking syrup, Steve. Yeah. He pulled out a jar of maple syrup. He's like, I got you a treat. And I was like, I hate you so much. <laughs> I 
I was like, that was like, that's not the diamond we picked out. <laughs> I was pissed. I was pissed. Um, little did I know how much. Little did I know how much more pissed I would get. Yeah. Okay. So you guys leave. The last vision we see of you is you guys in that hotel room, and then the next thing we see is as viewers is the reunion show. And on the reunion show, things got basically even worse. You guys had to explain what had happened since you left filming. So explain to everybody here now what happened after you left filming. Yeah, so there was quite some time in between when filming wrapped and when the reunion was filmed. So we were still keeping in touch every day, kind of just figuring out what we wanted to do. I had a lot of trouble trusting him, obviously. Um, So I didn't really know how I felt. He wasn't really being forthcoming with how he felt. He was um, coming to the city, actually, to New York to see Minnie. And he was like, I'm going to extend my trip so that I can spend time with you and we can, like, figure this out or whatever, which he did not do. He did not extend his trip. He came to New York. He spent the entire time with Vinny. He spent no time with me alone. We didn't talk about anything. We went out for one meal together. I was like, this is this is disgusting. And honestly, like, he was texting other girls. I don't know the extent. If there was cheating, I really don't know. I really don't want to know. Um, but I could tell that he was just really not in it, but was trying to save face until we filmed the reunion um, because he didn't want me to put him on blast. And I had no intention of putting him on blast. I was like, I was so heartbroken at that point. I was like, I just want to be out of this situation. I don't want to destroy his life. I don't want to, you know, go on, on Twitter and talk about how much I hate him and how terrible he is. I just want to be rid of Daniel entirely. So that's like, I kind of shut down. I wouldn't take interviews talking about him because I kind of just wanted to move past it, um, at least until the reunion, because I knew after the reunion that I would have nothing to do with Daniel at all ever again. So I was kind of just keeping my distance from the whole situation until then, until Chris Harrison aired that clip, which I didn't, I didn't know that that clip existed. Producers had come to my trailer before we were filming saying, you know, how do you feel about you're going to be on stage with Daniel? How do you feel about talking about things? And I literally said to them, I was like, honestly, I'm just going to get up there. I'm going to tell everybody that we're not together anymore. And I don't plan on going into detail. If Daniel wants to go into detail, that's his prerogative, but I'm not indulging in any of this. And I got up there and I started telling like little bits and pieces. I wasn't being super detailed. If you watch it back, you'll see I'm talking very slow. And it's because I'm so heavily thinking about what's coming out of my mouth because I just didn't want to be involved in all the drama. Um, and then Chris aired that clip and like a switch flipped in my head. And I was like, hell fucking no. And I just, I just went off on him because I didn't know that he had had that conversation with other people. I thought that was something he had just kind of said in private to me when I confronted him. I didn't know that kind of everybody around me knew that he was playing me. So I, I, I lost it. And the, like, and the clip what, they showed. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, the clip they showed was the morning after your overnight date, Daniel was talking to a producer and basically saying, yeah, she likes me more than I like her. He was also saying he'd never change his Facebook status to in a relationship with you, even though he told, yep. even though he told you he would. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, at that point he's busted and you just went off on him. And, mm-hmm. you know, I... I trying to remember all this looking at past interviews 
I'm sure you've seen it. And look, this is three years old. You're not even thinking about this anymore, but we have you on the podcast. So we got <laughs> to talk about it. this isn't relevant news right now, but at the time it was kind of a big thing and everyone was talking about it. Daniel felt like you villainized him on the reunion show, mm-hmm. which I don't understand. I, I, I read his answer and I still don't under really understand. Um, she villainized me. We couldn't see eye to eye. She has what she thinks, and I have what I think. And she told me she doesn't want to talk to me because she wants to get over me. Um, he claims he was just uh, he was upfront with Lacey Mark about where they stood romantically once they left Mexico. And so you're saying that's not true. He wasn't upfront about it. No, of course not, because he was trying to manipulate the situation to fit whatever narrative he wanted to tell for the live finale. Um, and I had actually told him before the live finale, like, don't worry, I'm not going to put you on blast. I just want to be done with this because that's genuinely how I felt. And then I ended up putting him on blast, which probably pissed him off. But like, do yeah. I care? No. Yeah. Um, but I, I wouldn't say I villainized him, you know, if anything, it's the editing that got him because he did have some responses to things I was saying that didn't make the final cut, but it, it wouldn't have helped him anyway. You know, he did what he did. Um, same thing I said before, he made his bed and now he has to lie in it. And what they didn't show you was actually a bunch of the cast um, was actually like helping me kind of fight this battle. They were, were like standing up for me. Um, I forget if it was uh, Haley or Emily, but one of the twins stood up and said something. Daniel Lombard stood up and said something like saying that like Daniel's terrible and like he was, um, you know, they were all on the beach with us. They saw how he was with me. They saw the things he was saying to me and then to kind of just really only be doing it for the camera is it's already every bad perception that everybody has of The Bachelor, right? Everybody already thinks The Bachelor is fake. So to then go that much farther and prove everybody right in that sense, he really villainized himself. I just happened to be along for the ride. Yeah. Um, you know, he basically had said after the fact that um, it was, you know, he wouldn't like it if you went back to New York and you were hooking up with other guys and vice versa. But I didn't want a label. She did. She wanted 100% all in and the marriage, and I couldn't do that. I still want to see her again, but she has different wants, needs, and values. It would be a different story if we were in the same city, but we were in different countries. I mean, that's his that's his side of, you know, like I said, this is kind of a he said, you know, that's what he's saying, and then obviously we have your side of this. Um, right. You know, it sounds like – the thing is with Daniel, um, he has a longer track record of doing things in this franchise that – it's hard to believe those were the words that right when you got off the show, he immediately made it seem like, oh, no, this is never going to work between us. Obviously, he kind of kept it going because he wanted to get some sort of good edit out of this. Um, and if they, didn't- I think he just needed the paycheck. You know, reality <laughs> TV is few and far between. So he needed to be on another season and he needed to be on it for the entire time. Right. You'd think not that the <laughs> not, not that the Paradise paycheck is like going to. It's not really that big. I don't, but Daniel, but I, I don't know what Daniel does for work. I think it's professional reality TV guy. I think that's what he does. I don't, so, I, I haven't yeah. seen him on anything he recently. Was, <laughs> I don't know. He actually, he was just not on the beach actually. 
Um, oh, that's right. I don't he was know on that. What, I don't know. With, I'm not sure with what ex because I didn't watch and I don't know who else he's dated. But um, Viacom actually approached me multiple times to go on that show with him, and I refused. Yeah, no, that's right. He was on X on the Beach, and it might have been. It might have been the latest one where it was X on the Peak, where they were actually. Not it was. On, oh, it was the Peak one. Okay, so they were. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, I don't. I didn't watch it, so I don't know who his ex was on that. But yeah, um, I didn't watch it either. Yeah, that's right. He was on that. So we can. T- I mean, three Bachelor shows, Millionaire Matchmaker. Bachelor in Paradise, Australia, X on the Peak. That's six. I think there's been others, um, one-offs here and there. Um, so mm-hmm. clearly, I mean, look, if this is what he wants to do, I, I, I just hope he has, I just hope he has plans for something else when this dies off because you can't be a, a <laughs> professional reality TV guy for too long. It's gonna die after a while, you know. Right, and, and here's here's the thing too is so many of these people in Bachelor world. If he just wanted someone to hitch his wagon to, to like give roses back and forth so they could stay on the show the whole time and get famous and get whatever out of it, there are so many people out who that's the reason they're doing this show. So there's so many other people he could have done this with. He didn't have to, you know, manipulate naive little me into doing that with him. Yeah. And it seems like you were almost, I don't know, ripe for the taking because you, like you said, you weren't a super fan of the show. I don't think you really understood the magnitude of how kind of fuck boys these guys can be. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's just, you were, like you said, you were pretty naive to the whole process and maybe, maybe Daniel saw that. Um, and that's why he did what he did. I don't know. I don't, you know, can't yeah. answer for him. He, but, he saw, he saw it as an opportunity. He didn't yeah. really care about who he trampled on along the way. Yeah. It seems like he is just looking for opportunities in television and, Unfortunately, it might come at the expense of other people. Um, and, right. And that's where we're at with it. Obviously, you guys have not, since you walked off that reunion taping, you have not seen him or spoke to him, I'm, I'm guessing? Um, no. Well, I asked him to never speak to me again, and he thankfully listened. <laughs> so, no, uh, when his father passed away, I reached out just to make sure he was okay. Uh, but that that was it. I haven't spoken to him since, and that was a few years ago. Yeah, so. yeah your season aired in 2017. I mean, we don't, we don't follow each other on social media. We don't keep up on each other's lives. We're not we're not friendly exes. There's, there's a reason MTV tried to get us both on X on the Beach. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say and we all and it would have been probably been worked out horrible, but I <laughs> good thing you didn't agree to go on that. Um that's just a a recipe for just not good. Well, besides the coverage. fact that, like, I, I, like, have a career and I'm not interested in being, you know, a bachelor persona, mm-hmm. um, I didn't want to give Daniel another opportunity to get on another show and profit off of me. Yeah. I was like, I was like, hell no. He already did this month. I'll be damned if I'm giving him an opportunity to do it again. Yeah. Well, especially the way you felt you were treated. It's just like, I'm not, exactly. giving, him, I'm not giving him anything anymore. No, no way. But speaking of your career, let's uh, dive into that. Um Tell everybody like what you've been up to since this show has ended, because you are not somebody that is all over Bachelor Nation stuff, if at all. Like I don't see you involved in anything. I don't even know if you keep in touch with. I don't even know who your friends are from this uh, franchise. <laughs> in terms of, do you keep uh, do you keep in touch not, with anybody? Not that many. <laughs> I do. I keep in touch with a few people, honestly. And I know I said this before. I don't fit the Bachelor mold. Um, you even saw on my season, like on my season of Paradise specifically, um, like. Dominique and some other people, you know, calling me weird and saying that Daniel and I were the weirdos on the beach and they're not wrong. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I'm just a little bit um, eccentric 
I have different interests than a lot of these people. You know, I, I mean, I went to college. I was a double major in college. I was political science and Middle Eastern government. And I took Arabic classes and I thought I was going to be saving the world. And then I ended up working in marketing and I built a, a seven and a half year career for myself in marketing now at this point. And bachelor's kind of just something that I did because it fell into my lap the first time. The second time was obviously for Daniel. Um, I wasn't, you know, an aspiring model, an aspiring actress. I didn't have a business I was trying to promote. There was really no benefit to me doing this. And what I have found in Bachelor World is that that's the type of people it attracts. So I don't have a lot in common with them. And I actually struggled a bit on the beach, too, to to make friends for that reason. Because I wasn't stirring up controversy. I wasn't, like, being a Bachelor contestant. I was just being my weirdo self. And people didn't want to accept that. So I, I don't keep in touch with that many uh, people from Bachelor World. However, I will say when I do... I think I ended up in a really interesting place where, you know, no one's really mean to my face, maybe behind my back. I don't know. Um, but um, when I do talk with the, with people every now and then it's, it's, it's cordial. It's friendly. Um, I was really, really uh, close with Grant Kemp at one point. We've since kind of fallen out of touch. It's really close with Nick B at one point. Um, you know, the New York bachelor circuit is so small. There's not a lot of Bachelor people that live in New York. And I think that's because New Yorkers are not built for The Bachelor. I feel like everybody I know who's a New Yorker who was on The Bachelor didn't fare well. Like, we're just, we're just, not, we're just not built for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, who is the, if I were to ask you, who is the last person from this franchise that you hung out with? Who, who would it be? Do you know the answer? Yeah, Nick B. Who's Nick B.? <laughs> Um, <laughs> Nick B. Santa Claus, Saint Nick. Oh, Saint Nick. Okay, yeah. See, that's <laughs> gotcha. And where does where does he live? I couldn't even tell you. He's in Florida. He's in Fort Lauderdale. Okay, he's in Florida. Uh, so we've always been super, super close. I always considered him the one that got away. Um, and I've said that to his face, but he's not interested. Want want. Is he with a girlfriend? Does he have a girlfriend, or why? He, why isn't he, he interested? He did I'm not. I'm not really sure what goes on with him and his girlfriend. You'll have to ask him. He doesn't. He's oh. not really forthcoming with that information for me. Um, but I actually, I happened to have been um, in Miami a few months ago with family. Um, so I saw him when I was in Miami, and I think that's the most recent Bachelor Nation hangout I've had. Um, no one's really left in New York. I think it's just me and Izzy. I think that's it. Mm. Do you ever talk to Izzy anymore? Um, she's kind of in her own world. Um, so not, not really, not for any particular reason. I mean, she's mm. great. She's super sweet. Um, when she was doing more bachelor related stuff, we were hanging out and she's fantastic. Um, but she's kind of doing her own thing. I'm kind of doing my own thing and we're both doing our own things outside the bachelor. So. Outside the bachelor world. Yeah. Izzy came on the mm -hmm. podcast. I want to say probably two years ago, at least might've been more. Um, and I remember her, she was not someone that, you know, she was another one. She kind of had a, um, a journey like you did where the bachelor season she was on wasn't very memorable, but had kind of a run on, paradise season with her whole Vinny thing and then lampshade dude and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, lampshade dude. I didn't like, sorry, <laughs> sorry, I forgot his name. What do you remember his name by the way? Yeah. By, yeah. That's a uh, Brett Melnick. Oh, Brett Melnick. Okay. That's right. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's right. Um, 
but Izzy, like people were like, wait, Izzy, who is who is she? Um, and then it was like, okay, well, she got a lot of time on because people were really pro Izzy and Vinny. Like people thought Izzy and Vinny were going to be a thing, and then Vinny pulled the I want to you know I want to leave or whatever it was, and then Izzy was there or no, it was. Is he? Oh, Brett came on the Brett came on the beach. That's what it was. Brett came on the Brett, beach. I came on the beach with a lamp. With a, with a <laughs> lamp, and Izzy was having second thoughts about Vinny. But then mm-hmm. I remember TMZ pictures got out of Izzy and Vinny back on the same flight together when they left Mexico, even though they had left mm-hmm. broken up or something like that. And I was like, and people were like, "Oh, so what's going on with those two? And I, when I had her on the yeah. podcast, she answered it, but I don't even remember what her answer was. It was so long ago. Yeah. I mean, they remained good friends for a while, but I, I'm not, I don't really keep in touch with either of them that much. So I can't really say where they're at now, but from what I can tell just from social media, which I mean, as we all know, is really just smoke and mirrors at this point. Um, they're kind of, they've just gone their separate ways. Okay. And can I just point out for the record that yet another person in your life has a name or at least was in your life, Izzy. So there's Iggy, <laughs> there's Diggy, there's Izzy. Um, br- uh, uh, yeah, Nick. Nick doesn't. Nick can't be in your life. He doesn't have the name for it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe this is how I should curate my like my husband hunting that I'm doing right now. Yeah. I should really be focusing on the name. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just there's something there. There's something there with that with the. Um, the GG or ZZ in the middle of their it's all, name. It's all about the double letter in the middle of the yeah, name. Yeah, exactly. That's what you have to look for. <laughs> uh, don't even bother going on Bumble or going on Tinder <laughs> and looking for anybody with a name that doesn't have double letters in the middle of it because it's not going to work like, for you. I'm telling you right now. It's like on my checklist. Must love his mom. <laughs> Check. Must have a double letter in his name. Check. <laughs> are you Are you on dating apps in New York? I am. I just recently got out of a relationship. Oh, okay. Um, well, now we can dig into something more. <laughs> what? Okay. So tell us about this guy. Was he, um, you said earlier in the podcast, your type is asshole. Was he an asshole? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> what happened? Um, you know, that one I think I'm going to keep to myself. Oh, but... no. <laughs> how, how long did it I'm last? Sure you, I'm sure you'll find out, Steve. You no, always do. No. How long did it last? Like what was the long? Uh, it, it was like three, four months. It wasn't that long. Um, and you met him on an but app. And it... actually, no, we met through mutual friends. Oh, okay. Um, we met through mutual friends. Um, but it came to an end about three weeks ago. So I'm getting back out there and back on all the apps. I'm on Hinge and I'm on Raya, and I hate them both. <laughs> <laughs> Did there one is one is worse than the next? <laughs> okay. Now I'll ask this. Did quarantine have anything to do with the breakup? Did that add to I it? I don't I don't know cuz he broke up with me and didn't tell me why. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, couldn't tell you. Did he break up with you? Uh, here's yeah, here's my next question. Was it over text, phone call, email, or voicemail or in person? Um <laughs> Oh, you know God. he's probably gonna he's probably gonna listen to this, so I, <laughs> I and I don't want to set him off. So I'm gonna keep most I'm gonna keep most of this information to myself. <laughs> uh, right. I know, I know, I'm being a bad podcast uh, guest. <laughs> no, it's, 
That's fine. Um, but the fact that you didn't say in person makes me think that that's the only acceptable answer, or it should be the only acceptable answer. Um, so, and it's it's not. It was not. And it was not in person. Okay, so then that's kind of what <laughs> we need to know. And that sucks. Sorry that happened. Whatever happened. Um, sorry that it did. So, um, but hey, there's Raya and there's Hinge to to, uh, to jump back on. Um, I, I I don't know. Uh, how is the Raya thing legit? In oh, terms hello. Of, I think I lost you for a little. Oh, okay. I was asking, is the Raya thing legit? Oh, absolutely not. It's the worst. Um, Raya, <laughs> oh, I consider it, I call it the ego boosting app, to be honest. Um, I have never met, I've never gone on a date from Raya. I think people are just on it because it's so hard to get in and people just want to be able to tell people that they're on Raya. They don't actually have any intention of dating on it, which is really disappointing for me being, you know, the one individual that actually does want to go on a date from it. So it it's a really weird app. I, I just do not understand it. <laughs> yeah, I heard. It, yeah, you have to be like accepted to even be on it, right? Yeah. So uh, it's, you have to apply. Um, and they basically put you on a waiting list when you apply. And they really dig into you. They dig into all your social media accounts. Um, they dig into kind of anything they can find about you from the internet. Um, and either they accept you or they don't accept you. Um, mm. So it's it's I, I under my understanding is it's a little bit easier to get on it now uh, versus when I joined it, but um, that's basically how it works. I mean, and there are a lot a ton of celebrities on there. You know, I've seen Trevor Noah on there. I've seen a ton of athletes on there. I've seen a ton of married athletes on there. Um, <laughs> and Shocker! It's uh yeah right. And today's least surprising news. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really just more of a status symbol to be accepted than it is to actually use the app, which I find extremely disappointing because it's also not free. You have to pay for it. Yeah. Um, so I'm like sitting here paying for this app where no one's even asking me out from it. But I like to be optimistic. I'm just going to keep trying. <laughs> now Something's is, bound to stick eventually. <laughs> now, you didn't see Jordan Rogers on there, did you? I'm kidding. I'm kidding, everyone. Uh- Calm down. <laughs> We're, we're, we're well past the Jordan Roger Raya story. Let's, let's that. I'm just kidding. But no, I mean, that, that obviously came up during his season. That was a big thing. But that's been four years ago, so we know he's clearly not on it. At least I don't think he uh, is. So, um, I mean, I haven't seen him, but maybe he just hasn't shown. Maybe he's not within my uh, settings. I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't imagine he'd be that stupid to <laughs> still be on Raya four years later and four years into an engagement, but. I guess crazier things have happened, but uh, no, I was just kidding. I didn't. didn't. Yeah. No, the only other person I've seen on on it from bachelor world is Michael G. Michael Garofola. Oh, okay. Yeah. Another frequent podcast guest here. Um, Yeah. I, it doesn't surprise me. I know that athletes, it's kind of a, I've always, when I, when I first heard about Raya, which was during the whole Jojo season and Jordan uh, stuff. um, I always heard it was more of an athlete slash influencer dating app. That's yeah, a, that's a yep. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. that because I didn't know what it was until I had no idea what Raya was because I I don't do the dating apps, it's just not my thing. So I had no idea about it um, at the time, and then now I've learned to. That's kind of that's kind of along the lines of what it does. It's just it looks at who, you know your social media following, mm-hmm. dig in about you, yep. and you have to be accepted. You can't just sign up and be on Raya. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and it could take. Like- 
six or seven months to get in, really. Wow. It, they, they, it takes a long time. Wow. I mean, I'm sure for like actual famous people, it t- I'm like I'm sure Trevor Noah didn't have to wait, but yeah. like I did. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes sense. It makes sense. Um, I mean, no, not, and you know what? I swiped right on Trevor Noah, and we didn't match. So either he hasn't seen me yet, or he swiped left, and like maybe he's a reality Steve podcast listener. I don't know, but Trevor, Trevor. Batman Raya. <laughs> Yeah, I think Trevor Noah is probably a little busy right now. Um, yeah, <laughs> dealing with other things in this world than um, swiping right on swiping right Mason on Mark. random random bachelor chicks on Raya. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I um, yeah, it's just not something that I've ever been interested in 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 doing. But uh, I have heard about it, so I didn't know, you know, kind of the whole deal behind it, but. Those were the yeah. basic, those were the basics I, mean, I was always told. Dating apps in general, especially in New York, where dating is already terrible, it just exacerbates the issue. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, well, anyway, Lacey, thank you so much uh, for doing this. This was a good solid hour with you, and thank you for being open and honest about the uh, the Daniel stuff, and uh, not so open and honest about your most recent breakup. Sorry, <laughs> although I am sorry that it happened to you. Uh, you know, I understand. Don't worry; it's not it's not a big deal that you didn't get into it. You're good. I'll, I'll, in due time, we can get into it. <laughs> so, um, so I really appreciate you coming on and 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 sharing this. Uh, it'll be a good, good fun uh, for the listeners to uh, go back down uh, memory road for a little bit. Three years ago, to uh, you know, one of the final three couples from Bachelor in Paradise season four. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure a lot of people might have forgotten, but this is a way to uh, just kind of remind them and. Um, I think it's really cool. I think the biggest thing that I'll take from this interview is you admitting the fact that you just were not cut out for this show or this culture, really. Um, I didn't know anything about you before, you know, we started speaking. I had no idea that you were, like you said, kind of, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not cut out for this. This isn't me. I'm, I keep more to myself and, you know, you're double major at Syracuse and, this just wasn't for you, this show. And I didn't know that until uh, obviously you came on. Yeah. I mean, I'm the biggest nerd I know. I have a Harry Potter tattoo. Like, I, you do? <laughs> I, I do. I have the Deathly Hallows tattooed on my left arm. Is that, the, is that your only tattoo? Do you have more? It's, well, so I just got it. It's my first one. Oh. Um, I got it in January before the world ended. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I can't swear that it's my last. I'm I'm very happy with it. So, <laughs> okay. Um, so you're a big Harry def- Potter def- fan. Definitely more nerd culture that I could add on to that once I get through Lord of the Rings. <laughs> is there is there a nerd app dating site where it's just hey Harry Potter fans I want to date? Uh, if there's not, I think you just invented something great, and I would like a cut of uh, yeah. the pie. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be something where it's like hey, just I'm only interested if you're as big a Harry Potter fan as I am. Like well, that's what I put. I put it actually in all of my bios on my dating apps. Maybe that's where I'm going wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. Uh, I can't answer for all the other guys on those apps, but there's got to be guys out there that, in you know, enjoy Harry Potter. I can't say I've seen one of the movies because I haven't. <laughs> but I, um, I know people. I mean, obviously, it's a very, uh, it's with as many movies as they put out, and it's a very popular franchise and a popular book series there's it can't just be all women that like it of course there's men right there. right now yeah are, are they the type of men that you look at as husband uh <laughs> material I, I don't know um 
I have a vision in my head of Harry Potter enthusiasts. Uh, well, that, that depends, Steve. Do they have a, do they have two of the same letter in their first name? Oh yeah, then there's that. Because um, well, Harry's got two R's. There you go. There you go. Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. So why don't you? Is Daniel Radcliffe on Raya? Why don't you hit him up? I think he's a girlfriend. He's not on social oh, yeah. media though, so it's hard to tell. Oh, okay. <laughs> what about the what about the uh, redheaded dude? Um, he's engaged and has a baby. Okay, cross him off the list. Uh, what yep, about? There's still, t- still Tom Felton, the guy who plays Draco Malfoy. I actually slid into his DMs about two years ago. I'm still waiting for him to open it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else do I know about Harry Potter off the top of my head? Um, unfortunately, I know that uh, Alan Rickman died, so he oh, uh, um, love him. Uh, who played Dumbledore? Uh, Dumbledore was Michael Gambon. Um, Alan Rickman was Severus Snape. Okay. Uh, what about Dumbledore? Is he available on Raya? I don't know. Uh, I'm just I don't, I don't know because I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he's like 78. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shows you what I know about Harry Potter. I'm like, you know, I'm going to be 30 this year. I think 78 might be out of my uh, age range. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, all right. I'm not going to – I, of my limited knowledge, I know the three main ones. I know Harry and Hermione and the other guy. With the red and that's hair. really all you need. Yeah, that's and really then all you need. I knew I knew Snape and double Snope Snape Snope was Snape. Oh, Snape because Snope was uh, Star Wars. Um, <laughs> uh, Snape and Dumbledore. Those are the only five people I know mm-hmm. from that franchise, and they play Quidditch. That I know that, so that's about all. Ah, you know a lot more than you think you you're, no, than you're no, giving yourself credit for. I don't. That's it. <laughs> Legit. That's all I know. I have no idea what the stories are. I have no idea how it ends up. I have no idea. Why it took seven movies to describe it, or maybe it was six. I don't know. I have no idea. So it, it, was, it was eight. It was eight? Oh. Yeah, the, the seventh movie was two parts. That's right. Okay, so they pulled one of those where it was seven, yep. bo- seven books, but eight movies. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right, that's Harry Potter talk for you. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, all right, well, then, again, thank you, Lacey, uh, for coming on and doing this, and uh, I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll be in touch. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. You got it. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much to Lacey for coming on. That was a good trip down memory lane. Uh, the Daniel stuff uh, from Paradise, her season. That was uh, pretty crazy, to, to say the least. Um, and her filling us in on what kind of went down and what was being said that wasn't shown. Uh, I feel bad for her. Uh, went through that. But, um, yeah, I really do think... Um, it was it was interesting to hear that story again because again you you almost forget what happened on her season because she was on the sh- you know she was on the uh, the shutdown season. Um, towards the end there, we started talking a little bit about Harry Potter, and I know you maybe you were like, well, why didn't you bring up the J.K. Rowling stuff and her transphobic tweets? Um, Lacey and I recorded over a week ago, so that hadn't happened yet. That's why it was never brought up. Um, but. Thank you again to Lacey uh, for coming on. Thank you all for listening uh, as well. Next week, hopefully, uh, if this comes through, we'll be back to talking about uh, race uh, within this franchise. Um, looking to get uh, a former contestant on the show, black contestant on the show, to give uh, to give their thoughts on what happened and what's been going on. Their thoughts of the petition, their thoughts of how black people are treated within this franchise. Because, you know, I've had... Some black contestants on. Kenny King has been on. Josiah has been on. Kristen Staples has been on. I I never got into race stuff with them, really. Uh, the deep race stuff. I mean, I talked about, I mean, generically, like, you know, just 
Um, you know what? Honestly, I, I am saying that off the top of my head. Maybe I didn't. I don't even remember. But I know I was never anything deep. Now, maybe revisiting, um, not necessarily with them, but uh, another black contestant from a past season. Really want to touch on this and um, and get their thoughts because it is important. And um, you're seeing everything going on on social media right now, which is which is hugely important. Again, Eight Can't Wait is a great site to go to um, in regards to police brutality and what um, you know. People can say like, "Oh, what does protesting do?" and "What has happened?" I mean, just think. In the couple weeks that protests have happened, the other three officers in Minnesota got uh, arrested. The Breonna Taylor case got reopened. Stuff is happening. You know, I, I mentioned it Sunday night. Roger Goodell, the, the commissioner of the NFL, actually said the word Black Lives Matter, which is something he couldn't say four years ago, which is all Colin Kaepernick really wanted to acknowledge. Um, it looks like they're going to, you know, kind of ease up on their stance about kneeling during the national anthem. I, things are happening. Stuff is getting done. I mean, we've seen recently on TV shows, MTV has already shit-canned D from The Challenge, Taylor Selfridge from uh, Teen Mom, um, Vanderpump Rules fired four people. Like, there's basically a zero-tolerance policy now for racism, even if you said it two, three, four, eight years ago. Um, there's, there's no screwing around, and that's because of the movement that's going on now. So stuff is getting changed. If you think nothing is, uh, look around because things are happening and it's it, and it's for the good. And this is what people want. Um, so, yeah, check that out. Eight Can't Wait is a great site to go to. I know in Dallas, they're already um, the Dallas Police Department immediately implementing the uh, duty to intervene for cops. Where if a cop sees another cop using excessive force that doesn't need to be used, he needs to either stop them in the moment or report them to the authorities. Um, that was immediately installed last week uh, at the Dallas Police Department. So, you know, I hear stuff about, um, you know, LAPD is, you know, kind of rearranging things as well. So it, stuff is happening, and it's happening because people are speaking out, and that's a good thing. So, um Again, thank you all for tuning in. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple Podcasts. Again, if you're interested in purchasing any, K, K, any KN95 masks, uh, contact me at steve at realitysteve.com, and I'll lead you uh, in the right direction. Any orders that you place, from the time you place your order, you probably receive your masks within three weeks. So um, there's that as well. So, again, thanks to Lacey for coming on. Thank you all for listening. This has been Podcast 186, and we will talk to you next week.